welcome to Shelter Cove Online. We are so glad that you're joining us today for this sermon. We hope and pray that this message encourages you, that you learn something, that you enjoy it. But more than that, we just pray that God would move in your life that he would reveal some more of himself to you today. If you would like to respond to this message in any way, you can contact us at sheltercovelive.com or send us a text message at 209-340-3115. Have an amazing rest of your day. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Good. That was three of you. All right, let's try that again. Church, how are we? How's everybody doing? You here? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Turn to your neighbor real quick, wave to them, tell them they look good, all that kind of good stuff, that you're glad you're sitting next to them, they smell good, all of that kind of good stuff. Those joining us online, I want to say welcome. I cannot say you look good because you may still be in your pajamas, all right? Just keeping it real. Uh, But we are so glad that you're joining us today. Hey, do me a favor, grab your Bibles and meet me in Acts chapter 2 and your message notes. Great way to track with the message today. If you are newer to Shelter Cove, I just wanna say I am so glad you're here. If you've been a part of our church family for years, I'm so glad that you're here. We're a church that believes that Jesus Christ loves us and meets us exactly where we're at. So there's no accident that you're here today or joining us online, and I am stoked about the message that God has in store for us today. We are in a middle of a three-week series titled Celebrating the Future, because we are celebrating 20 years as a church. In fact, next weekend, we're celebrating 20 years. We're gonna have a party. We're gonna have a Ferris wheel out there, bounce houses, barbecue. It's gonna be an awesome time of celebration. In fact, can we just appreciate right now God's faithfulness and everything that he's done over the last 20 years? God is so good. So next weekend, we're gonna throw a party, invite some friends, kidnap them if you need to, but get them here on campus. It's gonna be an awesome time. Last week, we looked at just the culture that we wanna embrace in the future as the church. We wanna be a church that's not only experiencing, but also demonstrating the love, the grace, and the truth of Jesus Christ. We wanna walk in that, and we wanna demonstrate that to other people. Today, we're talking about core values, five core values that we wanna have a heart for and live out in the future. Core values are so important. They're the priorities that really dictate your attitudes, your behavior, and help you fulfill the mission and vision of your organization. So we're gonna be talking about that today. Next week is our mission and vision, and then two weeks from this weekend, we're starting a chapter-by-chapter, verse-by-verse study through the book of Galatians. It's gonna be absolutely awesome. So can't wait for that. Right now, Acts chapter two, verse 42 is where we're at. Here's what's just happened. Peter's given this amazing message. People uh, have given their lives to Jesus Christ. They've gotten baptized. 3,000 people were added to the church and it's gonna talk about the culture, the values of the early church, which we wanna really take note of and model our lives after. So with that said, would you stand as we honor the reading of God's word. Acts chapter two, starting in verse 42. If you don't have Bibles, the the words are up on the screens. This is what Luke writes. He says, and they, speaking of these early Christians, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. 
and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And we pray that right now you would soften our hearts, that you would open our hearts, that we would go beyond just hearing your word, but that we would receive it and live it out. God, where you wanna change our hearts, change them today. Where you need to redirect our hearts, redirect them today. Use your word to speak truth to our lives. And God, I humbly pray that you would take over my mouth, my mind, my heart, that you would boldly and clearly communicate your desires for us today. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Five core values that we're talking about today. And before we jump into these, this is, uh, there's so many different reasons why I love these. These five core values ultimately reflect the heart of Jesus. One of our greatest passions, our greatest desires, part of being an authentic follower of Jesus is, is following Jesus and trying to become like him. So these five core values demonstrate the heart of Jesus. It demonstrates the heart of the early church. And then lastly, I love these because it's impossible to live these out and have a heart for them and be selfish at the same time. Every single one of those core values that we're gonna be looking at reflect a heart for God and a heart for others, all right? If you're taking notes, core value, as we focus on the future, not the past, but moving forward, what do we wanna do? We wanna be a church that values God's word. Point number one in your notes is simply God's word. And, and I love this because this early church, what did they do? It says in verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Well, what did the apostles teach? They taught the word of God. Earlier in chapter two, what was Peter doing? Peter was given this amazing message. Who was he quoting? He was quoting the Old Testament. He quoted the prophet Joel. He quoted the prophet David a couple times. And then he looks at the people and says, this Jesus whom you crucified was Savior and Lord. And what did it say? It says that they were cut to the heart and asked the question, what must we do to be saved? I mean, there was something so powerful and true about God's word that it, it changed them from the inside out. And here's what I love about God's word. When we receive God's word, we're not just trying to become a better version of ourselves. When we receive God's word, it changes us. It transforms us from the inside out. Why? Because our hearts change. And when God changes our hearts, he changes our desires. When he changes our desires, he changes our actions. When he changes our actions, he begins to change our lives. See, when, when, when we become Christians, because our hearts change, we don't, we don't always change everything we do, but, but when we sin, we just don't enjoy it anymore. It's, it's not fun anymore. We begin to be disgusted with ourselves when we're living a life contrary to the word of God, and we end up finding ourselves wanting to live a life that ultimately pleases God. Now, here's what I love about God's word. In a, in a world that's just crazy and chaotic, there's, there's two words that I want you to write about God's word. Number one is that it is inspired. It is inspired by 
God. What does it mean? That means that even though human authors were used to pen the Bible, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all scripture is inspired by God. Some translations say God breathed. In other words, that every word in the Bible reflects the very heart and the words of God himself. This is God's word, not, not people's word. This is God's word. So it's God-inspired, but not only that, it's inerrant. What does that mean? That means it's without mistake. There's not one mistake in Scripture. Now, there may be some things that are hard to understand, some things that are confusing, but there are zero mistakes in Scripture. Even though God used humans, the entire Bible is without error. And here's the reality. Because it's inspired by God, there's a divine process. That's the divine process. Because it's inerrant, that's the divine product. And that's what I love about God's word. And in a culture where there's so many unknowns, like we have no idea what's gonna happen to California. We have no idea what's gonna happen in our school systems. We have no idea what's gonna happen with the stock market. We have no idea what's gonna happen with COVID. I just wanna encourage you today, all right? Here's something you can bank on, church. Every single week when you show up to Shelter Cove, we will be preaching and teaching the word of God. Every single weekend. That's what we're gonna get. We need that. All right, why? Because it's God's word. It never changes. It's useful in all of our areas of life. And simply, we wanna have a heart that knows the God that created us. We wanna have a heart that knows the God that, that died for us. We wanna have a heart that knows the God that, that ultimately we're gonna spend eternity with. Now, if we're not careful, we can make different excuses. Because my prayer for you is that, that you would have a heart for the word of God. And again, maybe you've never gotten to a pattern of regularly reading your Bible. That's the past future focus. Maybe it's five minutes a day you start just reading the scripture. But for some of us, it's like, I, I just don't wanna read the Bible because I don't understand it. Welcome to the club. All right? You may be thinking, you know, there's some words in the Bible I just have a difficult time pronouncing. Let me show you Hosea chapter eight, verse one. Moreover, the Lord said unto me, take thee a great roll and write it in with a man's pen concerning, on the count of three, let's read this together, one, two, three. Exactly, all right? Exactly. Guy with an M name, right? That's okay. We don't have to have it all together. There's words we can't pronounce. There's things we don't understand. But we just need to have a heart that says, God, I just, I just want to grow in my love for you. If you don't have a Bible today, just, just we got one after the service. If you want Pastor Ed to maybe buy you a nice one, just tell him you're celebrating a birthday, all right? He doesn't know, need to know that it's not your birthday. Say you're celebrating, Lance Armstrong's birthday was yesterday. Just say you're celebrating a birthday. It was Lance Armstrong's, and maybe he'll buy you a Bible. I don't know. But we want every single person to have a Bible because of the power of God's word. And here's, here's why this is so important. We're forgetful people. We are, we are forgetful people. In fact, you know what the Bible considers us? Sheep. Sheep are not the sharpest tools in the shed, friends. They're, they're not, in fact, let, let me just demonstrate um, a sheep and, and kind of what we're like, all right? Forgetful. That's us! 
One more time in slow-mo. Here we go. <laughs> we, we are a sad group of people, folks. That's just the reality. What, why is God's word so important? In your notes, there's a phrase, and this is what it says. It simply says this. We teach the Bible and believe truth matters. Circle those words in your notes. Truth matters. Truth matters. There's a source, it's the word of God, that we can turn to every day that will help us live a life that's glorifying to God. You are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible says, God, I've, I've hidden your word in my heart, not my head, my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Because if we're not careful, again, we can, we can read the scriptures out of obligation. Say I spend five minutes, check it off, and have no heart transformation. Again, my prayer for us as a church, as we focus on the future, is that God would give us a heart and a love for the word of God. Core value number one is simply God's word. Core value number two is prayer. Prayer, as we focus on the future. I believe that God is calling us to be a more and more of a praying church. This is what it says. They devoted themselves to all these things, but also to the prayers. Now, why is this so important? Because Jesus prayed. Jesus would get up early and pray. Why? Because he knew he needed to stay connected to the Father. You know that the people you talk to the most are often the people that you're the closest to. All right, I've said this before, and I'll uh, say it again. There's no shame in my game. I call my mom probably five times a week, all right? Don't judge me, all right? I know I'm a mama's boy. Do you know who one of my best friends is? My mom. Do you know why? Because I talk to her all the time. My prayer is that your best friend would be Jesus. Because you just talk to him all the time. Not only when life is falling apart, but their prayer life does not change because in the highs and the lows, you are in constant communication with your best friend, your BFF. You know, I have the privilege to talk to people and, and I love it when people say, Pastor, I just gotta, I gotta be real. And they just share their heart. What would it look like for you in this season to quit trying to sound spiritual? Quit trying to impress others. Just have a heart that wants to be close to God where you are real and you're raw before Jesus because he knows what's gonna come out of your mouth before you even open it. He knows your sin, he knows your struggle, he knows the highs, he knows the lows, he, he just wants to be close to you. What would it look like for you a year from now to say, the person I'm closest to is Jesus because he's the one I talk to the most. Jesus got up early. I don't get up quite that early, just keeping it real. What do I do? I do what works for me. Now for some of you, it's praying at night. For some of you, it's in a special chair. It's in your garden. For me, I like to walk. I like to walk around when I'm praying because if I'm just sitting at my desk or sitting down, I've got ADD and my mind will just think about, okay, who's winning, Dodgers or Giants right now? Right? And I, I, just, I just get distracted. 
So you know what yesterday I did? I was walking around the worship center just praying. You will find me at times if you drive by our church, I'm, I'm walking around our church praying. I'm not losing my mind, right? I'm just praying. Why? Because that works for me. Figure out something that works for you. It may be the acts of prayer. And if you want to write this down in your notes, you can. It's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. What is adoration? It's thanking God and praising him simply for who he is. What is confession? It's where we are admitting and repenting our sin. Thanksgiving, we're, we're thanking God for who he is and his grace and love. Supplication, that's where we ask God to do things. Most of the time, we just drop right down to supplication. We only talk to God when we want something from him. So a simple, abbreviated example of this is just saying, God, thank you so much for who you are. I worship you today. God, I am sorry for the sin in my life, and that's where you take time to name what that is. God, I'm so thankful for your grace. I need it more than anybody else, and that's where you start supplication. God, would you be with my marriage? Would you be the people in my life that don't know Jesus? Oh, but that we would be a praying church. Two weeks ago, we sent out a text message, James did, over 1,200 people, saying, hey, if we can pray for you today, let us know. We got around 300 responses back. It's a lot. Most of the prayer requests was a request for relationships. God, would you be with my marriage? Would you be with somebody? We are a church that's in dire need of prayer. Now, why do we pray? Because it, we believe it makes a difference. In your notes, go ahead and write this, it's this down. It says, we ask God to do the impossible. Circle in your notes the impossible. You have to ask yourself, what am I praying for? Sometimes God's not moving in our lives because we're not asking him to do anything. Core value number one is God's word. Core value number two is prayer. Core value number three is simply community. Community. We were not created to live life alone. We see this in the very beginning of the Bible when God said, let us make man in our own image. You see the Trinity, got the Father, got the Son, got the Holy Spirit. Jesus modeled this for us with his friends, Peter, James, and John. Jesus had the 12 disciples. We see this in the early church. What did they wanna do? They constantly wanted to be together. This is what it says three different times. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. All who believed were together and had all things in common. Two verses later, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Now, were there weirdos back then like there is today? Uh-huh. Of course there were. That didn't matter. There was this attitude that, that realized, I need others and others need me. I think one of the most prideful things we can communicate in our hearts is that I don't need friends. I don't need people in my life. One of the most dangerous places to be as a Christian because Satan loves to pick us off one at a time. Why, because there's nobody in our life that says, hey, hang in there. Hey, you can do it. Hey, knock it off. Hey, stop it. Hey, don't ever do that again. Why, again, last week our motivation is love or communicating grace and truth. One of my favorite passages about community is in Hebrews, and this is what it says in chapter 10. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. I love that, let's, let's stir, let's encourage, let's challenge, let's motivate people. 
not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I believe that Jesus is gonna come back soon. I don't know, but the world's falling apart. It's looking pretty bad out there, folks, if you've watched the news. And I think with COVID, we've gotten to a point where we're wondering when's it gonna end? I don't know if it will. We need to encourage each other. You know, one of my, my favorite things I love to do at the gym, I'm a little bit of a nut, if you haven't realized that yet. Um, I love to just encourage and motivate people at the gym. So what, we've got these classes, we've got some awesome trainers where I go over at Get Fit. And uh, I love to just encourage people when they feel like giving up. I love to encourage them, take hey, two more. Two more, and they'll do two, two more. You know what else I say after that? Two more. You can do it when they're done with that. Two more. I, I love to push. I love to motivate. You can do it. You got this. Hang in there. You're almost there. Why? Because there's so often in the gym, we just feel like giving up and quitting early. Friends, we're not careful. That's the Christian life. With all the, the challenges, so often we just want to give up and quit early. So we need people in our life that say, hang in there. You got this. You can do that. We need people doing that for us. We need to do that for other people. I'm, I'm so, so glad to see what God's doing in our church. I mean, God's doing something. My, look, look around. There's, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people joining us online. I mean, we are so blessed. One person clapped. That was great. Uh, <laughs> And I, didn't, I, didn't say that, I didn't say that so you guys would clap. I, I, I said that so that you could hear my heart for, for you and for others just for a moment. Here's my heart. It's, it's filled with gratitude that despite what's going on in this world, you are hungry for Jesus. You are bringing your friends. But here, here's, here's my burden is 18 months ago, we, there was a whole other group of people here that I haven't seen and it breaks my heart because I'm like, where are they? Now, some have moved out of state. Some have moved to other churches. But most people, not some, most people that stop attending a church don't go somewhere else. That's just, that's just breaking my heart. So what would it look like for us in this season to, to encourage one another? Because there's some people that are neglecting to meet one another. What would it look like for you in this next week to call somebody? Because you don't know if they're depressed. You don't know if they're isolated. You don't know if they're lonely. You don't know if they have a health issue. But nobody's reached out. Maybe it's you that's going to reach out to somebody. And you're going to pick them up next weekend whether they want to come or not. And you're going to drag them to church. Simply because you care. Oh, that we would be a church that, that values community. God's word, prayer, community. Number four is simply serving. Serving. I had the privilege to get away the last, for three days with our, our elders. Our elder board is kind of like a board of directors. They provide spiritual oversight for the church. Here's what I love about our elders. They, they, they just love Jesus. They're, they're just a great group of guys. They're servants. They are, they're servants. They, they serve here on the weekends. Yes, yes, they do that. They have a heart to serve. I mean, they're, they're getting up early, cooking breakfast. They're cleaning up. 
where we stay, they're taking out the garbage. Hey, what can I do to help? What do, you, what do you need? I mean, this is a group of guys that don't just serve. They have a heart to serve. Why is that so important? Because that was the heart of Jesus. Don't, don't miss that. Jesus' heart, he said, I didn't come to, to be served, but I, but I came to serve and give my life away as a ransom for many. I mean, here's the king of kings, lord of lords. He hung out with his disciples. He literally washed their feet. Masters would not do that. That was something only slaves would do. But Jesus humbled himself as a model for every single one of us to say, you know what? This is what we need to be about. And that's what, that's what the early church was about. In verse 45b, it says, and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need love for you to pray in this next season about having a heart to serve. You may think, well, I don't, I don't have any gifts. Sure you do. Sure you do. Maybe your greatest gift is availability, not your ability. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Think of King David. I mean, you look at his family, he was the youngest, which in that culture would be the most insignificant, and yet God chooses him to be the king. Uh, you think about Moses. What did Moses do? He killed somebody. What does God do? He calls him, despite his past, to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. You may think, oh, man, I, I, don't, I don't. God's got a place for you. He's got a plan for you. You may think, you know, I don't have time. Maybe you're going to rearrange your schedule. I'm too tired. Work in the coffee bar and just start eating coffee beans left and right, right? You're going to be the person that's shaking. We don't care. No judgment here. We've got a place for you, you are wanted, but it goes beyond serving. It's a heart to serve. Now, moms and dads and grandparents, this is how I believe this can work in a powerful way, that by the time moms and dads, you have a kid, all, all that they've ever seen in your life is a dad and a mom that you serve. Serve at the church. Dads, you, you help out with the dishes. Dads, you clean and change the diapers. Let's sink in just for a minute, fellas. Because they grow up and the only thing they've ever seen is a mom and a dad that has a heart to serve. And then what happens, they get older and they start serving with you. You do it together. And then as they get older, you're praying that they would have a heart to serve Jesus. So this is what it looks like in my own life. Drew is just, just serving, and Hallie serves at times. I just keep complimenting them. I'm like, God, I, I love that they have a heart to serve. And I'm like, I, I love that you guys have a heart to serve. So Drew's helping out Saturday nights. He's helping out Sunday nights with youth groups, Saturday night with their youth service. Lots of times Tuesday night, he helps out with the junior high ministry because he's in, in high school. Well, he just told me about a week or two ago, it was about a week ago, that he wants to help out Wednesday night with Kids Quest. And you know what my initial response was? Oh, no. Right, you know why? Because I'm like, I'm gonna have to bring him. Somebody's gotta drop this boy off and then come back later and pick him up. But when we serve, it's a life of sacrifice. Moms, dads, it will cost you. And so, of course, Drew's serving on Wednesday night and I'm picking him up, I'm dropping him off. Why? Because I want my kids to have, what, a heart to serve. A heart Serve. I love the heart of this little girl that is serving her brothers. Check this out. You're my sunshine, you're my 
Only a shelter go, folks. She either loved her brothers or couldn't stand them. We don't really know. But let's think positively. What a heart. So some of you have kind of lost it right now. We're going we're gonna to pray for you. Um, a, heart, a heart to serve. As we focus on the future, that, that we would have a a heart to serve. And one of the things you can do after the service is we've got fingerprinting available. We fingerprint everybody that works with our youth, our children, our kids ministry. And you may say, I don't know where God wants to use me in the future, but I wanna have a heart to serve. It's a great first step. Go out there, get fingerprinted. And uh, we would love to have that available so that when you wanna serve in some area with those kids or children or youth, we can plug you in. God's word. Prayer, community, serving. Core value number five as we focus on the future is generosity. Is generosity. Here's, here's what it says um, in Acts chapter two, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds as anybody had need. When it comes to generosity, Either you will control your stuff or your stuff will control you. Either you will control your stuff or your stuff will control you. See, we're not careful, we can, we can have so much stuff and there's nothing wrong with having stuff. There's nothing wrong with having a lot of stuff at your heart. Because either the Savior's gonna have your heart or your stuff will. That's why when Jesus as this interaction with this rich young ruler and he asked what, what needs to take place to be saved and he's been obedient to, to the law in his own mind, which was foolish. Jesus says one more thing you must do. Go sell everything you have, give the proceeds to the poor, then come follow me. What does he do? He walks away sad, why? Because he was a person of great wealth. Jesus said to his disciples, it is, it is difficult for rich people to be saved. He said, in fact, it's easier for the camel to go through an eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to be saved. Why? Because oftentimes when we focus on stuff, it has our time, it has our attention, it has our focus, and it will eventually have our heart. Our stuff's in our, our security's in our stuff. Our hope is in our stuff. As long as I have enough stuff in the bank account, as long as I have this, 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 and soon our hope, our faith, our confidence is not in Jesus, it's in stuff. I love this because here's a, here's a group of Christians where it wasn't about stuff, it was about people. What would it look like for you in this next season to really pray for, for a heart of generosity? You know, when I was a, a kid, I don't remember much about my grandma, my mom's mom, but I do remember she had a pool 
and there was one occasion where she had cake and ice cream. And she said, Jerry, would you, would you like a little bit of cake? Or cake or ice cream or a little bit of both? And I said, I'll, I'll take a little bit of both, please. And she gave me this trough of cake and ice cream. It was the biggest portion of dessert I've ever had in my life. I was sick to my stomach. I was disgusted. But what do I remember about my grandma? She was generous. She was generous. She was not stingy. One of the things that was so neat on my sabbatical, I got to, to be home. I was home on Mondays, and when the garbage man would come, and there was one time I saw him, I could tell he was sweating, and so I, I, I brought out some waters, Gatorades, and sodas to him. I brought like, you know, four or five to him, and he was looking to pick one. I'm like, no, you don't pick one. They're, they're all for you. And he's like, man, thank you so much. You have no idea how, how much this means. So like the next week I saw him as well, and there was like five weeks in a row where I was giving him, and you could tell he eventually got to a point where he was turning the corner, kind of looking for me, you know, <laughs> kind of saying, hey, is my boy out there with the beverages, you know? And uh, got, to, got to invite him to church, which was, which was awesome. How lame would it be if I gave him a little bottle of water? I think one of the, the turnoffs to our world is that so many Christians are stingy. We leave lame tips. We're Christians, but we don't pay our employees well. We go on and on and on. For, for some of you, you're gonna be praying for a heart of generosity so much, and God's gonna place on your heart to join the journey of generosity right here at Shelter Cove. That's where you can start giving online a reoccurring gift of $20 a week, $50 a month. I don't know what it is, but you're saying, I wanna start somewhere. For some of you, you're gonna have such a heart for generosity. You've got your own business. You are gonna give some of your employees a raise over the next couple weeks because they're killing it. They're doing so much, and you realize, man, maybe I've been a little bit stingy. You're gonna bless somebody randomly. I was golfing with Ed a couple days ago at our elder retreat. He has this really nice driver that I just love, and his, his response is, keep it. Put it in your bag. And so I, I kept it in my bag, and I gave him a club that I got for a dollar several years ago <laughs> just to return the favor. <laughs> but why, why did Ed do that? Because it's just the club. It doesn't matter. It's just stuff. What would it look like in this season for us as we focus on the future to pray, God, would you give me a heart for your word, for prayer, for serving, for community, generosity. Now, now here's, here's what I want you to do. I believe there's three things we can do as a church. Number one is just pray for the heart. Just, just, just take time to pray because we don't wanna just do the actions with no inward change. Pray for a heart that really wants to live this out. Second of all is just pick one. There's, there's, there's five on here, five core values as we focus on the future. Well, what's that one area over the next season where you say, God, I, I just wanna grow in this area. I wanna have a, a heart for this area. And what you can do is you can make a commitment today on the seat backs in front of you. There's different response cards. There's one for generosity, one for serving, one for getting connected. I don't know what it is. I don't know the season, but I believe that as you pray, God, what area do you wanna change my heart in? God's gonna do something Powerful. And then once you pick that area, find somebody that's farther along than you and start connecting with them. If you wanna have a heart for God's word, find somebody that has a marked up Bible. Hopefully they didn't buy it from the used bookstore, right? But hopefully they marked it up themselves and they've just got this passion for the word of God. Somebody that just, man, you just love their prayer life. 
Somebody that's generous, hang out with them. Maybe you'll get a free lunch. You don't know, right? No, hang out with people that are farther along than you because you just want to cultivate a heart for God's word, for prayer, for community, serving, generosity. Church, I am excited about the future. And the potential is unlimited when we commit to living out these core values because of our hearts, not only collectively, but also individually. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. And, and we thank you that today is, is, a, is really a reset day. God, for, for a lot of us, we've not had a heart for these core values. And yet, by your grace, today is a new day. So God, would you give us a heart to really pursue one of these core values in the next season that you're impressing upon our hearts? God, we pray that as a church you would keep us humble. We pray that you would keep us hungry because God, we believe that there are better days ahead. God, we pray that you would do the impossible through Shelter Cove. We pray that lives would be changed, transformation would take place, and that whoever comes to Shelter Cove, regardless of their background, regardless of their current situation, that they would know they're loved. God, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.